Welcome to another episode of Sawdust Nation Podcast, episode 65. And here with me today, we have Nick from MPG Creations, Nat from Nap's Naughty Works LLC, and myself, Josh, North Country Woodworking. Man, we have a great episode for you today. We got some huge news to spring upon you, and uh, we're going to wait until a little bit later for that, though. And right now, Nick is going to go ahead and try for sponsors. That's right. Uh, I want to thank Pwn CNC for making this episode possible and many others possible. So if you're looking for those dust boots for your CNC machine and or toe clamps, uh, whatever, what have you, check them out. PWNCNC.com. Use promo code Sawdust Nation to get 10% off your order. And Orca Abrasives, they don't sponsor us, but if you want some BA sandpaper, check them out. Orca Abrasives online. Uh, at Orca Abrasives on Instagram and use promo code Sawdust Nation 10 to get that 10% off. Another uh, sponsor I want to thank is JTEC Photonics. Thank you so much for supporting us for so long. And last but not least, that Total Boats, Totes my goats, that boats, holy cow, they got the epoxy wonders, um, that wood filler, uh, the thriller. Anyway, long story short, uh, get in that boat, that Total Boat. Check them out on TotalBoat.com or at Total Boat. On your uh, big IG. And if you want that 10% off promo code, it is going to give it to you later if you call me. No, you got to slide into our DMs to get that one. So, got to earn it. <laughs> but we will give it to you. Got to message us. Anyway, that's all we got for sponsor. Oh, wait, wait. Patrons. Thank you, guys. You guys are doing an amazing job. Um, we sent out some gifts. Nap sent out some gifts. Um, Josh sent out some gifts. Small tokens. Small tokens of our appreciation. Of appreciation or depreciation, whichever. And anyway, long story short, uh, you guys posted them up pictures on on the Instagram, and we loved we love seeing you guys repping that Sawdust Nation podcast. So um, keep it up. Now, did you want to announce anything, or is that going to be later? Later. Uh, you know what? I probably can do it now, just because uh, it goes very well with uh, that promo code as well. Because you know, ten yeah. percent off of this particular thing that Daniel over at Pwn CNC has uh, just released for his pre-orders uh, is the big upgrade spindle sets for all of our CNC users out there. And yes, I mean pretty all, all hobbyist CNCs from the X-Carve to the Shapoko, the Onefinity. Uh, there's some plug and play options with the Onefinity where you can control spindle speeds right out the gate. There's all sorts of stuff as far as the hobby CNCs are concerned. Um, some things that he's offering with these are the 0.8 kilowatt, uh, which is roughly the size of a Makita router. Um, and he's got the 1.5 kilowatt, which is a 65 millimeter. Um, and then the 2.2, which is roughly three Makita routers uh, put together. So talking in weight here. So even if you have a belt-driven um, CNC that's Z-axis included, you will have a spindle that you can mount on your CNC. Uh, so if you haven't been to Daniel's website at PwnCNC.com, you can see a lot of the specifics there, but I'm going to tell you what, his prices are super competitive. If you've ever looked at anything on Amazon or anything like that, first and foremost, yes, it may be cheaper, quote unquote, in Amazon, but after all the add-ons and things you need to even get up and running, uh, it is definitely quite the deal. And the biggest portion of that deal is the customer service. So I'm going to tell you what, I don't know if you've ever had to call China before, but I've called China and that's a, a task all in itself. Uh, but why not buy American and have that American made spindle and all those things are uh, American developed spindle, I guess would be more likely uh, the reference there, but he has his own VFD. Everything's programmed. Um, and for those who know what VFD is, I'm pretty sure it's variable frequency device, which controls the spindle. It's got power cables. It's got a chiller that comes with, it's got the kit and caboodle. Go ahead and get to his site and take a look. Uh, just know that your promo code does work with it. So the price you see, take 10% off, and it's even more, um, what is it, uh, more competitive with those that are out there that you've seen. Uh, but yeah, so that's what he's got coming out. Five to eight weeks, he'll start sending orders out. It is definitely the upgrade you want. I already have a spindle, uh, and I'll tell you what, it's way better than a router. There's so many things that go with it, and we can talk a little bit about what goes with a spindle versus a router a little bit later. But Josh... Getting back to you, sir. What's going on in your shop? Well, a lot actually. I got working a lot of different types of wood. You know, softwood, hardwood. Doing a lot of lasering on those particular pieces. Long story short, since we talked last week, I actually have done two 
of the RB boards that I was talking about. Here's the finished one that's going out the door. They wanted it aged, so we gave them aged. And for those that are not seeing what I'm holding up right now, if you become a Patreon, you get to see all this. But moving on, uh, I got two of those boards. The reason why is early in the conversation with my client, um, they came in and they wanted to change some verbiage that was on the right-hand side. And then later on, they sent a logo with the same verbiage and they kind of mixed words a little bit. So uh, there was a misunderstanding and I had to redo it. Um, but uh, we got the board right and it's going to be going out hopefully tomorrow around 4 o'clock. Um, also got a last minute order. It's going to be the military working dog coin that I've done in the past. But uh, about half the size and we're putting uh, name and dates in the mouth. No picture frame this time. But it's a similar thing. The only difference is, is uh, I'm not actually doing it on the CNC. I'm doing it right on the laser engraver and doing the same process. So what I'm trying to do, um, if you haven't you know, caught on already, um, I know Nick's struggling over there, but I'm uh, <laughs> just kidding, man. Um, I'm trying to see which process works better. The CNC is very capable. The laser is very capable. And much like Nick and Nap have done already, I'm trying to see what is worth uh, going on the CNC or the laser. Um, there are projects that are definitely laser bound because it's just quicker, cleaner, and smaller detail is achievable on it. And there are other projects where there's no doubt about it, it's going to go on to the CNC. Now, the limiting factor for me personally is the cusp space on the Glowforge. Now, it does have a pass through, which is nice. The width of the cut is where you know I have trouble. Well, these boards, I wanted them exactly two feet, but about 23 inches is about the max I could fit in there comfortably without messing anything up. So that's what these boards are currently are going to be uh, sitting at. That should be done by tomorrow for the military working dog uh, project. I'm just doing a little bit of painting and getting that set up. It, I did this particular one on the laser because the name and the date is uh, fairly small in the mouth because it is a like nine inch piece. So it's not that big, and uh, I wanted to make sure everything looked good. Moving on, let's see. I did the Mickey Mouse home sign as well. That is staying, sitting in the garage, drying. Uh, I'll be finishing that tomorrow, and then it'll be ready for pickup within the next day or so. I'll be doing some cornhole boards here very shortly. I have the wood for them. I just haven't uh, chopped them up and uh, built that yet. And then I have some odds and ends I'm trying to uh, accomplish as well. I'm trying to do the anchor box jig setup. Uh, have everything out of the box. I started to do it, but then I got sidetracked and started on other projects. Um, I don't need it right away, so it's not imperative. Business is good. Keep getting uh, projects here and there and uh, always something new and different going on. So I did make quite a few mistakes this last week and a lot of them been, could have been avoided if I slowed down a little bit, talked to the client just a little bit more. Um, just a reminder that sometimes you can get ahead of yourself and it can cost you. Yeah, simple things, you know, that I probably could have got away with, but I restarted just because it didn't look right. And I wasn't going to give out a product like that. Sometimes you just got to restart. Well, it's just, um, here's a point of no return. Example is the military working dog coin is I had it painted. I was about to seal it and I realized that I didn't do where it actually engraved. Um, on the last one, I painted that black and then the top was gray. You know, there's a tooth that's yellow. And, so on, so on. But it was just the engraved look and it wasn't dark enough. It didn't look very clean, especially because everything else was painted. So I threw it under the belt sander, refinished it, repainted it, put some uh, uh, arm mask on there, threw it in the laser, and I did it right. Uh, looks much better. How much do you charge for one of them things, man? Or ha have you charged? Well, for the full size, which is about, um, I think it's like 17 inches tall, I charged 180 bucks for that one. And uh, about half price for this one. So I, I basically just broke it down the middle and uh, they wanted a rush fee. So I'm, I'm making about a hundred bucks or so off this one. It's a lot of detail, but it's not that long when it goes into the um, the laser. It takes a lot less time to cut. But to be fair, the last time I cut one of these on the CNC, it was without the upgrades. And now I can actually produce a lot faster too. But this, uh, since the writing is so small, 
into detail. I didn't want to risk chipping one of the letters out or anything with a bit. So uh, mm. I definitely went with the laser. That's about it. You know, lessons learned and, uh, you know, had to reduce some projects. But, you know, I survived and I have better products because of it. With that, that's enough of me talking. We're going to send it off to Nick and let him tell us what's happening in his shop. Well, a lot of stuff uh, has been going on in my st- shop. Just like everybody else, I've been busy. been having a lot of last-minute re- – like, I don't know what's going on. It's like Rush Order Central right now. It's like, hey, like if you're a supervisor and somebody's leaving and you want to get them a gift, don't wait till like the week before. You know, like kind of pre-order something, you know. That'll help help out the people making your stuff. If you're going to go that route, obviously. I mean, if you're just going to get them, if they're the kind of guy that just likes a bottle of a liquor, then liquor stores always got them in stock. But if you want that bottle laser etched, you might have to, like, you know, buy that bottle a little early. But uh, whatever, what have you, I've been working on flags. And I mean, I don't typically do too many flags, but I've been doing a lot of flags the past week, week and a half. Like and tabs too, right? Oh yeah, yeah. The uh, the tab plaques, tab style plaques. I just got another order on my. Ah, sorry, I don't know what's going on. I just got another order on my Etsy today for another one. So I mean, Etsy's doing well. I've been doing a lot of like like manual builds. I've got a uh, another memory box to do for for some cop. I'm waiting on a big a big job to come through. I, I don't have any specifics on it yet, or I can't release any specifics on it yet, but everything is just ready and waiting for uh payout. So once the monies are paid out, then I'll buy the materials and start on that. Other than that, though, man, I'm stoked about this whole PWN CNC deal. Oh, yeah, by the way, I got all my fixtures in for the, uh, for the hoses. You know, all those. Yeah, the maglocks. Yeah, for all my hoes. So the biggest the biggest deal I'd have to say is if you own a DeWalt planer, what's mm-hmm. it, the 733 or whatever it is? Is that what it it's is? It's whatever one with the twist collar on it, yeah. Yeah, so if you own a DeWalt planer, and that thing blows chips everywhere, so you need to have a dust hose on there going into a bag. You probably don't even need your dust collector on because it pumps so much air out. I turn my dust collector on and I hook up the hose. Every time I hook up the hose to the dust col- or to the to the planer, it takes like five minutes to unscrew that little the clamp and then mm-hmm. pull it off of whatever it's on and then put it on the. the it, it's just a waste of time. It's a pain in the rear end. So Daniel has this maglock system and it's adapted to the the planer. So it just slides right on locks into place and now all i have to do is uh put a clamp around the hose on the 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 male or the female and i can't remember which end it was but like anytime i need to change fittings or change that hose i just uh, pull it off because it's magnetic and then bring it to the next tool pop it right on there's no fiddling with any 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 screws or anything like that so that's I absolutely love that. And I even have it set up to where my CNC dust boot is like that as well. So what's in your shop that uh, is left? I mean, what else are you going to put mag locks on or are you? Uh, so I bought one. F- I didn't apply it yet, but I bought one for the, the saw stop. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's adapted to the saw stop. So the hose will go on there. Just, I mean, I think everything, I don't have one for my joiner, but I don't really, I don't really use a dust collection for the joiner just because so it puts it in a pile for you so it's like not really that hard yeah it's yeah, not like I, blowing I, it everywhere i threw a uh fitting on there so i can use my dust collection early on and even with my dust collection it, it would get it out pretty good but i took off that fitting and let it just pile in it it doesn't build up in there at all it you know i easy to pick up it's actually literally easier for to get the the hose and just suck it up real quick and call it a day yeah, so that's really all that's got going on in my shop. Nothing super, super in depth. But if you're interested and in, in like you're tired, like if you know if you have this this planer and you know how much of a pain in the rear it is to get like to move fixtures on your on your uh, four inch hoses, hmm. 
Give it a shot, man. I'll tell you what, you will not be disappointed. It might be expensive up front, but it's going to save you a ton of time, especially when that time counts. Like me, I get roughly three hours a night in the shop. That's from 8 o'clock to 11, 11.30, something like that. And that's that's if my kids fall asleep. So <laughs> every minute if. every minute counts to me because I need that time to do what I got to do. And if I'm mm-hmm. messing around with a hose trying to get the clamp off, then it's just oh, a waste of my those, time. I'm over hose. here. What? So those hose. Well, no, he has a good point. Time wasted on hose is not money made. Yeah, well. Money spent, but. <laughs> All right. Hey, so now what do you got going on in your shop, man? I, I, dude, I spoke way too long. Dude, I feel like it's never ending, but I love it. Like, so first and foremost, if you've been following me on IG, which actually it seems a majority of people have, because I've been getting messages and stuff from people like saying like how it looks and whatnot, but I've been making this chest. And, you know, I mentioned in my story yesterday that Nick, has been uh, helping me out design-wise. I've been bouncing questions off of him, whether it's annoying him or not. I value his opinion greatly as far as uh, how he's constructed his in the past. So I wanted to get some insights. Uh, but we're, we're we're rocking and rolling. I got the uh, the lid on yesterday. I flush trimmed it this uh, afternoon. I cut the lid off, which if you don't know, that's probably one of the most sketchy operations, especially when it's a chest that's 30 inches you know, long by... 30 inch chest. Yeah, 30 inch chest dog. And, uh, you know, it's it's just sketchy at best, like, period. Like, when you're doing it, you're hoping you get a straight line. You're hoping you keep it up against the fence enough. But I'll tell you what, the saw stop made it a million times easier. Had I done this on my DeWalt table saw, I probably would have destroyed the box. So I'm glad I had, I'm glad I made my purchase on my saw stop a while back. Uh, So that's going on. Uh, this process I'm at now is, uh, for any box joints that you've ever done. So I use the Inker iBox jig and I don't know what happened, but three of the corners lined up perfect, but one corner was kind of off. So I had to do some chisel work. So I got to do some repair and some TLC type stuff to make it look nice. And it still looks nice regardless because it's box joints. I mean, what box joints don't look good when it's walnut and maple contrasting. But then, um, I got to do... A laser logo on the top. I have to cork board and felt the top, flock the whole inside of the box, make a divider and some trays and some things. Uh, but that job is coming along really well. The flocking, I think, is the last part that's going to take the most time just because, uh, as Nick pointed out, because of how big it is, uh, you'll have to probably do half at a time so that way I don't you know, have the adhesive set on me in the middle of doing it. Uh, so that's uh, the next step, and I'm kind of nervous because I've never done it. So I'm going to do a couple test runs before I do the the real thing. And then I've got uh, let's see, well I got a bunch of stuff on my table back here. But mid October, I have a shot my very very first shadow box due. I'm still nervous about that, but I think after I finish this chest and do the fells on the cork board, uh, I think it's going to be a little easier than I anticipate. I do have an oversized like five inch coin. This thing is massive, and actually. I'm going to bring it up. If you think because... five inches is oversized. So this is the coin they want me to put in there. That thing is freaking huge. Okay. And it's heavy. So I'm going to have to make some kind of inlay inside the cork. That's a whole nother story for when I eventually put it on uh, Instagram. So follow me more and you'll get to see the process. We are messing with cork now. Um, have you tried soaking the cork? I feel like there's something. No, I'm not even going to go there. All right. Nope. Well, I, mean, I, I didn't. Whatever, cork soaker. <laughs> I know, I know where you were going with that, and I'm just gonna leave it be. <laughs> but this move on. But this coin, like no, like no BS. Okay, this coin. If I threw this on the scale, I'm pretty sure this thing would weigh at least a pound and a half. Just this coin alone. It's huge. It's dense, and it's just something he wanted in there. Uh, so I was like, okay, cool, whatever. I'll figure it out. I'm going to figure it out. If I need help, I got Nick right down the road. Hey, Nick, help. Um, Made out of vibranium. We got you. <laughs> um, so that's due mid-October or first week of October, really. Um, and then I have – so I just got hit up for some quarterly awards for uh, 37 Training Wing, 15 of them to be exact. Uh, I'm pretty excited about that because I'm going to do my uh, Jarvis dither with my laser uh, with a logo that they have. So it's going to be – Cut a shape out, throw it on the laser, let it do its thing. 
you know, 65 a pop, call it a day. What else do I have? I have two hat presses. I keep looking back because I have stuff on the thing that reminds me what I actually have going on. Um, I have two hat presses, one that the person uh, just finally got the coins to me for, but no rush. Another one that's due by the end of the month, both walnut. And then another walnut press that's due the second week of October, or first week of November, sorry. So if that says anything, I've already got jobs planned all the way out into November, which is kind of intense. Um, but in the midst of all this, I finally get to catch up on some things. Some uh, not IOU projects, but like favor projects for some folks that ask like, hey, when you got time. So I actually like in the middle of waiting, I'll be able to go throw something on the CNC, 3D carve some stuff, finish it. Because a lot of it is design it, piece of wood, 3D carve, sand anything crazy, finish it. But 3D carving takes forever. So I can't have my machine tied up for four or five hours at a time doing a carve when I have other things to carve that are quick and easy. You could uh, if you had two machines, just saying. You're right, but I don't have any room for that. So uh, You could always put the no. laser inside the house no. and another CNC outside. If you want me to get a divorce, let's do that. I'll move but in no. with you, and we'll have... <laughs> You're going to be whispering... Sweet, sweet nothing's into my ear, like, yes, watch it, laser. Dude, like, could you imagine, gonna... could you imagine, like, we'd have, like, an entire room dedicated to CNCs. <laughs> we'd have, we'd have the, the laser room, which, which is a whole bunch of, like, uh... giant lasers in there. And, like, there'd be, like, no furniture or anything. Maybe, maybe a chair and a desk so we could do some design, but, uh, and then the garage would be all, like, woodworking tools honestly so it's crazy you talk about that but when i move i'm pretty sure i'm moving to albaline texas so for those of you who don't know that's only a few hours from where i'm at now a couple hours from where i'm at now and we've already been looking at houses they have 30 by 30 foot shops already pre-built on certain uh properties we're looking at those at this moment because i'm 95 percent sure that's where i'm going um how big's so your garage it's a two car so i would assume it's like what 18 by something but just know i'll be able to fit quite a bit more in the other, in the next shop at which point i'll probably look at getting a second cnc but that'll probably John, be like an axiom or something for those of you that are not like a patron and can't see what's going on josh is shaking his head and it just it's just getting worse okay but here's the here's the thing in texas there's plenty of room where Josh is at, there's apparently not that much room. I'm sorry, Josh. Keep drinking your beer. I'm sorry making you drink more. But to finish it all off, I do have something sitting here. I have another hat case just waiting to be finished. Uh, customer hasn't brought me this stuff yet, and honestly, I'm tired. It's not like I'm tired of reminding them, but there comes a point where it's like, okay, listen, I give you reminders, and then once you get it to me, you get it to me. But I think my final reminder is going to be, you know, in about a couple weeks or so, like, hey, I got your stuff sitting here. I need to finish this because you already paid for it. So please bring me your stuff so I can finish it. But if you're not um, aware of how you should keep track of these things, so I'm holding in my hand here, and those are our pictures. I got a book. It's my planner, if you will. So when you have a bunch of jobs, and we talked about this thing a podcast or two ago about keeping track of things, I'm the type of person needs to write things down. Had I not written all this stuff down, I would be able to plan accordingly. And I'm going to tell you what, between this chest and any of the makeup stuff, I have a whole week where I'm just working the chest and the, and the makeup stuff. And uh, I definitely would say get some kind of organization in your life because it gets crazy sometimes. Crazy, man. Totally crazy. But, you know, uh, but yeah, that's really all that's going on in my shop. And I went on something a little more than just what's going on in my shop. But I want to I talk about something if we got the time. Do we have the time, Josh? I know we haven't had, we haven't really talked too much about making flags since uh, AJ departed because AJ was always making flags. But I wanted to like call out a few things and at least highlight a few things that I think are like pretty much, I don't say game changers, but definitely features that are desirable on flags now that I see and that I've actually started putting into my flags that I make. Because don't get me wrong. Flags are great and fun to make and easy to make, but 
at the end of the day, it's not it's not like something I make every day. So I'm not like a a flag guru like aficionado. Yeah. I don't know if you, you like I'm calling out uh Mike from Veteran Woodco. I noticed this on his flags first. He chamfers everything, which at first I was like, man, uh, like personally I'm thinking this is a pain in the butt to go ahead and chamfer everything and then worry about glue squeeze out. Like paint it, right? Glue it up and then worry about squeeze out, ruin your paint job. That's like that was my thought. I was like, I don't know. I'm not going to do this. Uh, and then I started like thinking about it. And I'm like, you know, if I do it on a hardwood flag, one without paint, then I'll have to worry about the, the paint getting all jacked up. Last week I made two, I think. I made a, a smaller one and I made a larger one. And I got to tell you, it makes all the difference. If you chamfer the, it doesn't even have to be a huge chamfer. Just give it a little depth. I, I like the first flag so much that I made on like Friday night that I went to Woodcraft on Saturday. What, Nap, do we go to Woodcraft on Saturday or Sunday? We went Saturday. Well, anyway, I went to Woodcraft Saturday and I picked up curly maple and well, I think I already had curly maple. I picked up curly walnut. I made this flag for myself. I, I never make anything for myself, but uh, I wanted to do it just because I wanted to like, I liked the last flag so much that I made for somebody else. Are there any other features on these flags that you guys think are like definite like must-haves on flags? I have one. Yeah, what's it? Frames. I don't know if you said that because of my cube mm. came in here, but I'm gonna tell you what, folks. Like the chamfers are cool, and I I honestly stole. I did that not stole, uh, tactfully acquired slash used from Mike from Better Work also because I saw he did the chamfers and did the mesh stripes. But the one thing that I think adds a lot of, uh, I don't know. What is it? Um, not pizzazz, but just something nice as a border or a frame. I did a cherry carb flag and I was like, yeah, it looks cool and everything. But if I put a frame on this, it's going to look that much nicer. I put a walnut, walnut frame on it. And I'm going to tell you what, it's night and day difference uh, for any flag. If you put a frame on it, I think personally, it doesn't have, you know, saying I personally like it depends on the flag. Um, I don't think all flags should have the frame on it. Some flags stand alone just fine. It really depends. The chamfer looks great, Nick. Um, I saw that on your flag, and I knew exactly where you got it from because we talked about it before. I mean, really, flags, there's a thousand different ways you could do them, and there's all bunch of little details you could throw in them. But to make them look good, sometimes, you know, giving them that little chamfer, uh, depending on the project, that frame, it can make break the difference for sure. I know personally when I'm doing a flag coin holder, challenge coin holder, putting a frame around it makes sense to me. It makes it look better because without it, yeah, it looks, kind of looks looks not complete. Yeah, looks weird. It looks half a half you, made. It, it doesn't look like a completed piece. Um, and I've done those. I've done them without the frame. But once I started doing them with the frame, I am going to continue doing them. And that's what I'm referring to as you know some. So flags, you definitely, but, uh, you know, I, I definitely enjoy the look of what, uh, Nick did uh, beautiful, so much character in that flag. It'd be kind of hard to do with a wavy. No, flag. I honestly, the chamfers, <laughs> you, you wouldn't be able to do with a wavy flag. And well, I mean, you might the edges. I, no, there's, there's no, no way. way. I mean, you can hand carve yeah, them. You can, you can the hand edges. carve them with a, with a chisel. No, thank you. Yeah, but I would, it wouldn't look right because the whole point of the uh, wavy flag is to look like it's a okay, real okay. flag waving. Well, away. long story short, and, you could make, though, a hardwood wavy flag. I've seen some, and they're they're beautiful. It's just if you oh, jack yeah. it up, it's not going to be like 60 bucks from the Home Depot. It's going to be like a couple hundred dollars worth of wood. So, Yeah. you're, you're now, Okay, so that. now when you talk about flags, now, like you said, there's a hundred different ways to make flags, and I've been a part of this uh, – this flag making group on Facebook. Cause you know, I was like, whatever, I'm gonna join it, see what they, you know what they do. And believe me, there is a lot of different ways to make flags. And I've seen some pretty cool stuff, but your thoughts painted, carved or dremeled stars. So here's what I want carved, carved but carved out. not, not into the flag, but car that raised would be legit. Like 3d, mm. 3d raised stars 3d would look good 
I don't like the little lasered out ones they throw on top and they just glue on top. I like either carved or I, your idea of having like the 3D like carve would look good. But it'd be hard to do. I mean, if you do bulk, you could so be worth it. But you could so you could you do it, but it wouldn't paint. be so for one. You would need to start with a large block of wood because you're gonna and getting everything lined up is a lot harder with the stars. But if you did it with mm-hmm. your CNC machine, which is not the same thing, by no means is it the same thing as doing it by hand, like AJ does his by hand. But uh, and and what's the other one? Uh, there's there's another one they make. The guy makes like hanging. Yeah, Ray those Star. are Ray Stars snaps showing us. So I do. Oh. I did Ray Stars actually, and they're a dollar in the spare bucket. I, I just think CNC is nice, but at the end of the day, that hand carved stuff I appreciate more. Oh yeah, absolutely. So. All right. So the hand carved stuff. Okay, I, I know I'm asking all the questions right now, but you keep bringing stuff up, and I saw something on Facebook. Good old Facebook. If it's on Facebook, must be true, right? Dude actually asked a really good question. So a lot of people put a stuff out, a lot of stuff out there say it's handmade, right? And when they say it's handmade, they say, well, a CNC isn't handmade or putting it through all these tools isn't handmade. So I know my thoughts. What are y'all's thoughts on that whole handmade versus not handmade, whatever nonsense that people are trying to put out there? Nick, <laughs> Nick's like, I'm done with this. <laughs> So I believe we've had this conversation on here before, but um, at the time, I didn't have a CNC. At least I don't think I did. In the beginning, starting out, I mean, you know, basic tools and stuff. If someone would have said, hey, you know, is it handmade CNC? I would have said no. Um, But as I got further into this community and start understanding what went into CNC and then got my own and started learning, it is. (laughs) <laughs> it definitely is handmade regardless of how you get to the end product. Um, because speaking from experience now and, you know, a little bit of know-how long story short, that wood doesn't glue itself. It doesn't sand itself. It doesn't finish itself. It you're along with it the entire time. When the CNC makes a mistake, cause you've got to lead a circle or you, you have a line running through it because it jumped or the piece moved or what have you, <laughs> you you're going to be, you know, painting it, sanding it. You're going to be doing everything that someone without a CNC is doing with the exception of spending a lot of time completing a pattern or, you know, carving. Um, Cause that's what it is. Our machines are expensive planers, CNCs, lasers, what have you. All that is, is it, a faster way to achieve what someone could do by hand. Um, now I don't think, and I'm going to say think, cause I'm not sure, um, you know, the laser and some of the things that CNCs can do that is not achievable by hand, but I'm sure there's someone out there that could prove me wrong because there are really gifted individuals out there. Long story short though, CNC work, laser work, it's all handmade. Um, if, it's not like you just buy a piece of wood, you throw it down and it's finished. Um, you spend time. I mean, I've literally, <laughs> I've spent an hour out there just watching my CNC, making sure it was going right. And I've stopped it, restarted the carve because of different issues. Um, but yeah, I, I just because you're using a machine to achieve an outcome doesn't mean that you didn't put no work in it. And I think that's what it's uh, people are asking when they said if it's handmade or not. They think because you have a machine help you, it's not, it's less work and it might be at some, at some level, but it definitely isn't uh, entirely true. Yes. It's all handmade. Okay, Nick, you, you've passed the ball, but guess what? It's bouncing back. All right. So I don't think everything is handmade. However, comma, caveats. Um, Josh said wood doesn't finish itself. Right. But Nick does. Anyway, long story short. um, (laughs) I knew it. I knew when I said it. If it didn't happen then, it was going to happen later. So let's put it this way. Everybody here, everybody, if you run a CNC machine or laser, um, if you're a handcraft, like a craftsman, like master craftsman, you do wood chisels, 
you don't use a router for your for your box joints or you don't use a you're doing dovetails by hand you all have a skill that was learned and through trial and error some of these skills are easier to learn than others just like different tools in our shop are easier to use than others sometimes uh with more we say with more experience and more know-how in the end everything made like i guess you could say is it could be handmade because made by hand doesn't necessarily mean that your hands chiseled it out but it still means that you used your hands to type in that code to figure because you knew like how deep something needed to be on it whether it be cnc or you used your hands and used that time to develop your skill at whatever you're doing um it just doesn't you just can't just like wake up one day and do it it doesn't happen unless you grow up in a in a community where like say your dad runs a a CNC mill or your dad's a master craftsman, you know, even then you're learning. Yeah. Even then you're still developing. So when people bust other people's stones for running a CNC machine, because it's not handmade, whatever, bro. Sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. We can't all spend a thousand hours to learn how to carve a perfect dovetail, but we still want to achieve the same results. For some of us, it's more economical to do it the way we do it. But uh, but there are people out there. There's different markets. We're not we're not in the same markets as everybody else. Like if you want, not by any means. Not by any means. If like you want handcrafted credenza from like an Amish community that built you know that built the the furniture, it's going to cost you a lot more because they do a lot more work than a factory or even. Even a, co- a company that, that makes, let's say it was a custom credenza, even if it's a company and they're all you're using is power tools, it's going to cost you a lot more money because it's time that you're paying for and experience that you're paying for. So I, I don't know, man. I just get upset when people start dividing us because we shouldn't be dividing. We should be uplifting and we should be accepting everybody. Now, I have a bias. An un- well, I had an unconscious bias. It's now an implicit bias on pine because <laughs> I, I can't stand <laughs> pine. However, I realize it's not for me, but I'm not going to bust your stones because you made a flag out of pine. Like good for you, bro. That's awesome. Like now, you know, if you can make a pine flag look phenomenal and there's proof out there because AJ Camarado does it every day, it's you would nice never flags. know. You'd never know that his sh- his stuff is construction lumber. Never know it by looking at it. No, Go like, look at his flags on uh, at Crafted and NJ. You have no idea. Better yet, when you're checking out his page, start from the beginning and start scrolling up because you're going to see a progression there that is just astounding. Yep. You, you'll see his skill just develop. His muscle memory and his uh, just the nuances in his flags the paint jobs, everything from start to finish. So I'll get off my soapbox now, but this was a, when we're talking about flat, like we started off talking about flags and we moved into like the handcraft thing, but it's all good. The important thing is you're out there and you're doing something and you're making something because God knows every, and I don't know if it's like every man in the world or every human being in the world has a need to create, has a need to to do something and make something out of other things or make something out of nothing. So that's what we do. Part of the human condition, man. Yep. That's how we got where we are now. So the reason why I like, kind of like say something too, or why I brought that up though, was just because like we're all good at something. Something is like we, we, we pick certain things up. We're good at finishing. And other things, I bet you are. And... uh like, even when you look at CNC work, right? And this is where, like, my biggest, like, argument is with those that say, oh, handcrafted. Um, first of all, my hands work the mouse that work the code that work the set, like kind of Nick was talking about earlier. Um, you know, you still have, there's still a bunch of stuff that goes into anything. But if you look at some people's CNC work when they first start out, and I'll put myself on blast, my CNC work when I was first starting out was trash. 
like I, like you could see the tool marks. Like I didn't know how to do like a final finishing pass to take away tool marks. Nothing was really that smooth. It was all rough. I was also using pine, which again, I also have the same bias as Nick. Uh, I don't use pine for anything unless it's asked for by the customer. Um, but yeah, AJ at Craft and NJ makes pine look amazing. And, you know, I don't know. It's just like, it doesn't matter what skill you have. Everyone starts somewhere. Everyone is crappy at something at some point and then they perfect their craft. And that's what we're doing and hope everyone else is trying to achieve is perfect what craft that they're good at. You know, I mean, cause we're all garage hobbyists for Christ's sake slash business owners. We all brought really good points to the table, but I think the difference here is we're production shops. We are making things, producing things to get them out of the, you know, our shop and make money because we love a work working and we love providing products to people and seeing our work out there. Now, someone that's, you know, doing dovetails by hand and, um, you know, taking that time to get all those fine details, they're not necessarily a production shop. There's no way you can be a production shop by, and get a project done within a week or two and get it out the door, especially like that. So there's a difference there. We're using different tools to make what our goals happen. I know I didn't start off that way or that mindset, but that's what we are now because if you listen to this podcast long enough, we're talking about projects in and out, in and out, in and out. And like sometimes it's a couple of days, sometimes it's a couple of weeks, sometimes it's a month. But some of these projects, if you truly went to the handmade argument and said they use nothing but, but traditional planes and tools and stuff like that, we would never be able to produce the amount of stuff in the time we do to get it out of the shop. Nope. So it really depends on what your shop is doing. And when I say everything is handmade, if your hand's touching it, Nick, no. If your hand's touching it and you're, you know, helping that wood transform into a finished product. That's right. Why would you lead into that? What are you doing? Oh, I got my hands on my okay. wood and I'm about to finish. Yep. And- <laughs> I'm about to transform this wood. <laughs> anyway, you're, you're essentially, you're hand making that item. You know, it's just a basic argument. It's going back to the basics. If you want to go between a traditional uh, woodworker, modern, I forget the, the, there's different tiers, literally. But, um, you know, and then there's the the mid-tier, which works with both. It really depends on what you're doing with your shop and what you're trying to do. I think think staying in the middle is the best of both worlds. I mean, there's times, there's times I'll break out hand tools. You need to have like positive control over something that a power tool is just not going to do. I mean, for, I mean, shoot, for example, this, but this chest I'm making, I use the anchor eyeboss shake on a table saw. Right. And it was great. But for some reason, one corner just didn't line up completely. Right. What did I have to do? Well, it was my choice between either the small little bandsaw that I have, which was a negative or chisels. I broke out the chisels and I chiseled out the finger joints. Now, did it, you know, make a little extra space that I'm going to have to fix? Yes, of course it did. But at the end of the day, I still knew how to use a set of chisels to make, you know, make it work. You still got to know how to sharpen the chisels. You- so you got traditional uh, tools, the hybrid woodworker, and the power tools. We all think all three of us fall into that hybrid. We work with kind of both. We have planes, we have chisels. We do stuff by hand when we can. But long story short, you're going to do whatever benefits your shop and what, you know, you're kind of leading toward. Don't get on someone because they're using a CNC. They're still out there making. They're making sawdust. It, it should never become an issue like that. If you're that bent out of shape because someone's using a, a machine, then uh, maybe you should be talking to that person. And realistically, what what is it we say? Makers are going to make. It doesn't matter what kind of maker you are. You're going to make something, whether it's with a CNC or hand tools, you're making something. Well, I Makerism. mean, if you just have a, a crappy attitude, you're definitely going to make a lot of people mad. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. But is that handmade? <laughs> oh, it is. Handmade when I slap upside the head. I mean, what? Wow. But yeah, I, I, I didn't mean to like get get us all on like soapbox and stuff, but that particular con- like I don't comment on Facebook and I didn't even comment on this individual's post. It just it, it actually does kind of irk me, kind of like it 
Nick was saying, like, when people say, oh, you're not, it's not handmade because you CNC. I was like, oh, okay. So why don't you go ahead and use this machine that costs X amount of dollars with the software that costs X amount of dollars? So, people don't get it. So I got into an argument on Facebook. Of course you did. Uh, this figure. was a while ago. You? Josh remembers this. I, I commented on something. Is this some- on uh, Marketplace? Yeah, yeah. So if you don't know, <laughs> some of you listeners probably have been approached by me on Facebook Marketplace uh, asking to buy your equipment or asking to trade for your equipment. And if you decline or even if you you accept, I, I tell you about the podcast. It's just a way for me to spark conversation and get it out there, right? I'm not like cold calling people saying, hey, see this podcast. But I am at the same time, you know, in the market for specific tools. And when I go and talk to people, it comes up because I talk about what they make. They talk about what I make. And I had an individual say, he, I don't know, he was like saying something like, I make all my stuff by hand. I'm not a, I'm not, I don't punch buttons like you, you CNC guys do. Right. And I was just kind of like, you know what, man? Uh, that's why you gotta be hurtful, you know. Like, I'm sorry, your cornhole you boards. Didn't say that. No, no offense, but like, if like some sometimes people make cornhole boards and stuff like that. I love. I make cornhole boards, but if that's you know, people in glass houses don't throw stones or shouldn't throw stones. Look, man, if you're out there in the garage and you're doing something, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You're at least you're doing more than a lot of people. Yeah, but that's this is it doesn't matter. But moving on, I did want to. Do we want to talk about uh, the difference between air and cool spindles, or do we wrap this one up? I mean, we could do it real quick if we really want to. I mean, it's not there's not really a whole lot to it, is there? Well, I, I mean, like it's like anything. You could dive right into it, or we can give a brief. Uh, you might want to choose this over that because of this. Um, we can give so, them a teaser for next episode, maybe. Did I cut out? Yeah, just for a second, just now. Oh, I said, well, one's cooled by air and one's cooled by water. Next subject. <laughs> okay, yeah. We'll hit on it this uh, next episode. Uh, look at that uh, next episode for more details on spindles, especially because uh, PWN is releasing his new spindle packages. And uh, we want to make sure that you know you know which one to choose and why. Uh, with that, let's go hit sponsors. That's right. Hey, so I uh, want to give a giant thank you to Daniel from PWNCNC. Dot com for sponsoring us. This episode has been brought to you by them. Um, check out their webpage, pwncnc.com. They, actually, I think uh, if you're going to Facebook forums for PWNCNC as well, they have pictures of their new spindle mounts or new spindles that they have uh, coming out. So Daniel just made a few announcements on there. But for 10% off all of your orders at pwncnc.com, uh, you're going to use promo code uh, Sawdust Nation. All right. Next, we're going to thank Total Boat uh, Epoxy for their support. And if you if you need some great epoxy, check them out, TotalBoat.com or at Total Boat on the Big IG. And if you need a 10% off promo code for them, shoot us a DM and we will get it to you. Last but not least, I want to thank JTEC Photonics for their continued support as well. And uh, if you're looking for a diode laser, check them out, www.jtechphotonics.com. Uh, last, I, I said last but not least before, but, I mean, thank you to the patrons for sure. Um, you guys are doing a heck of a job. And hopefully the extra content we put out and the little knickknacks we send you guys um, make it all worth it for you guys because we're definitely trying to, to put up and put out some good content for you. How do you get a hold of us, Josh? Well, if you want to get a hold of us, you can always reach us at one or all four of our Instagram pages. Nick has an Instagram page, MPG Creations. You have one for Nap at Naps Nutty Works LLC. And then one for myself, North Country Woodworking. And you can slide into our DMs at any time. And if you really want to get a hold of all three of us, there's two ways you could do that. One's the Instagram page for the podcast, which is Sawdust Nation sawdust nation podcast and that's on instagram and then the sawdust nation podcast at gmail.com and with that you know with the gmail you can send us voicemails you can send us uh topics or wherever you want to talk about send us your latest project or what have you and uh now that we have Nat back he's going to explain why you should rate us an apple podcast
Yeah, hey, so if you uh, are out there listening on the old Apple podcast, go ahead and give us five stars. Uh, if you don't give us five stars, well, you already know what's going to happen. That, that, that pesky cast going to come get you. But if there's something you'd want to hear from us if you listen to Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give us some feedback. Let us know because if we don't know, we can't you know, tell you what's up. We can't you know, fit, suit your needs, if you will. Uh, but, yeah, that's what happens with the Apple Podcast. Yeah, Sorry. Podcast. Yes, the Apple Podcast. I, I just ran and got pizza. That's why I sound out of breath. Yeah, I ran and got a pizza and out of breath. <laughs> yeah. I got the meat sweats. <laughs> last words there, Nap. Yeah. What are your, what's your last last words? Last ever. Hmm. La- Whoa, that's dark. <laughs> um. No, but hey, so we, we, we talked today, you know, just kind of about getting on people. As far as like, you know, I know something as far as, you know, handcraft, not handcraft or whatever. Besides the point, when it comes to when t- talking to other makers, don't get down on them. Encourage them, help them. Uh, because at the end of the day, that's the only way to make this community stronger. That's how we keep the craft alive is by helping each other out, not putting each other down. So make sure you take care of each other and uh, help each other out when you can. That's what I got. Uh, Nick, what you got? Take care of yourselves and each other. Just don't be a doucher. Be, be cool. All right? Community over competition here. Hell yeah. That's right. And go to Veteran Woodco's page and go to his link tree and buy the, the buy that t-shirt. Page three, all the way down to the bottom. Click it. It's $30. It benefits, okay. uh, it benefits individuals with disabilities that, uh, that can't afford or uh, don't have access to quality machinery that could potentially save uh, limbs and life, limb, and eyesight. So... I think recently they just bought a, uh, I think it was a paraplegic uh, individual, um, a saw stop because he was, he was running a, like some unsafe table saw on the ground and it was absolutely just, it was a bad situation. So that community over competition. um, And that's just one of the examples of the things that they do. Check them out. um, Buy a t-shirt if you can support the cause. Josh, thanks for mentioning that, Nick. It's thirty dollars. How much do we spend on tools and other stuff in the garage? <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> buy a t-shirt. Help someone out. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We appreciate you listening, and we love it when you turn us on in the kitchen, in the backyard, in the living room, wherever you listen to your podcast. Working out in the bedroom, wherever you, we'll be whispering in your ears, telling, talking about all the different types of wood we're working during the week, and. Uh, now I was wondering which episode he's on. Um, go ahead. Go in the garage. Make some sawdust. And uh, be safe out there and help your fellow community where you can and how you can. Because as Nap said, that's the only way we can make it stronger. With that, Sawdust Nation sawdust out. Nation. <laughs> Ow. Ow. Such a delay. We really suck at this. Like, we really need to we need to pick this up. Oh man, that was a good episode. You know, it's funny because uh Nick was pretty quick to finish, like always. Yeah, yeah. right. I uh I jumped the gun there, eh? <laughs> <laughs>